Act One, Gathering. Rainier Maria Rilke said in letters to a young poet, everything is gestation and then birthing. I sat cross-legged on the floor of the tiny home I had created out of cardboard boxes. The walls of my home were so high that all I could see if I looked up was the white-painted, tongue-and-groove ceiling of the glassed-in porch, so common in Connecticut in the 1940s. The porch ran the entire length of the house and smelled of mildew. Light from the windows bounced off the ceiling down to where I sat, so that I didn't need a lamp as I worked on the saddle. I was eleven years old. It was an English saddle, my half-sister Pan's. From the time before she'd gotten married, sold her horse, and moved to New York City. From the time when we still believed things would work out all right. I held the saddle on my lap, rubbing saddle soap into the beautiful, rich leather, over and over. Make it better. I know I can make it better. The smell of saddle soap was comforting. So was the smallness of my home. This was a place where I could be sure of things. No one was allowed in here but me, not my brother Peter, not anyone. Everything was arranged just so, the saddle, the soap, the soft rags folded carefully, and my book of John Maysfield poems. Neatness was important, something to count on. Mother was home for a while, and if I leaned forward ever so slightly, I could look out my door down the length of the porch to where she sat at an oilcloth-covered table on which stood a mason jar. A butterfly would be frantically beating its wings against the glass walls of the jar, and I could see my mother pick up a cotton ball with tweezers, dip it into a bottle of ether, unscrew the top of the jar, and carefully drop in the ether-soaked ball. After a minute, I could see the butterfly's wings begin to slow their mad fluttering, until gradually they would stop moving altogether. Peace. After a while, Mother would unscrew the lid, gently remove the butterfly with the long tweezers, carefully, lovingly pierce its body with a pin, and mount it on a whiteboard on the wall above the table. There were at least a dozen of them up there, different kinds of swallowtails, a southern dog face, a monarch. I could never decide which one was my favorite. By the time she took up the hobby, I had turned 11, Peter was nine, and we were living in our second rented house in Connecticut. It was a rambling two-story wood house perched atop a steep hill overlooking a toll gate on the Merritt Parkway. It had an uncomfortable Charles Adamsy quality about it, always too dark and chilly, and it had far more rooms than there were people living there, which added a sense of impermanence and awkwardness to its hilltop perch. There was Grandma Seymour, mother's mother, Peter, me, and a Japanese-American maid named Katie. Peter says Katie's familiar presence with us was comforting to him. I, on the other hand, barely remember her. But then Peter got more attached to people than I did. I was the Lone Ranger. Mother wasn't with us much anymore, though I didn't know why. Peter and I had stopped paying much attention to her being away, or at least I had. It had simply become a fact of our lives. Mother would be there, and then she wouldn't. When she wasn't there, and even when she was, Grandma Seymour would be in charge of us. Around the house, there'd be an occasional overheard mention of a hospital or of an illness, and right after we moved to Greenwich, Mother had been in Johns Hopkins Hospital for a long time for an operation on a dropped kidney. Grandma took Peter and me to visit her there once, and I remember Mother telling me that they'd almost cut her in half. But she'd been ill and in hospitals so much that it had lost any real meaning. Hospitals were supposed to make you well so you could come home and stay. 
Ever since we had moved to Greenwich, I had spent a lot of time in hospitals myself. <laughs> Me, the healthy one. I developed blood poisoning, then chronic ear infections, then my eardrums were lanced. Then I broke my arm during a wrestling match with a boy, Teddy Wall, the son of the man who ran the nearby Round Hill stables. Teddy threw me against a stall door. It hurt, but I walked home and didn't say anything. Between Peter and Mother, we had enough hypochondriacs in the house. I was not going to complain.